Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the show. How's everybody doing today? For me, this is day seven of uh, self-isolation after coming back from a trip and having to figure out a whole new way of being uh, and keeping some normalcy in my life. I want to know what's your new normal. What have you been doing? Uh, Today I did a couple of exercise classes. I did some art, got a little bit of fresh air away from anybody. Um, what uh, What did you do? How did you spend your day? Today I also want to give out a shout outs to companies and people who are really uh, doing good for the community and who are are being community-minded. And for me, my shout-out goes to my gym, 360 Punch, who have been doing three classes a day now online. Uh, There's... like they're doing live uh, Instagram uh, posts and uh, anybody can join in. It's free for anybody. You don't even have to be a member of the gym. And I think that's just amazing. And they're going to continue that throughout. So a big shout out to 360 Punch. Anybody else you want to shout out to, I want to, uh, to hear from you as well. Coming up in the program, I want to talk about something that's a bit more difficult and, uh, and, and, and sad, as grief is, obviously. But this week, last week, a friend of mine lost her dad, and uh, they have not been able to hold a funeral or a wake or anything. She's everybody's family. They're like a whole bunch of kids, and they are all not able to travel, not able to get together, anything. And uh, today, sadly, another friend of mine lost his dad. And in um, one of them is uh, Catholic, one of them is Jewish. In the Jewish tradition, there's usually you know a big funeral, and then there's a, a seven day called the Shiva, where you go visit the family and where they don't stay alone. The whole purpose of that is to be able to uh, bring a comfort to them and uh, you know bring food and and stuff like that. And none of that is happening now, and it breaks my heart that my two good friends are going through this um, alone without the hugs of, of friends or uh, or family. So coming up uh, in just a few moments, we'll have Corey Sirota, who's a psychotherapist and grief specialist, who will join us to see how, you know, how do we handle this and how can we help our, uh, our friends and, and people who are uh, suffering alone, basically. I do, I do want to read a, a few emails uh, that I've uh, received from you. And by the way, you can email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. And also, uh, I should shout out to a couple of my colleagues who are offering uh, free uh, sessions, albeit shorter, but nonetheless, their time to people who are uh, in crisis or who need help and what have you. So, um if you want a uh, session, if you want to speak to me directly, I'm happy to speak to you. Just send me an email first, laurie at drlaurie.com, and I will be happy to, uh, to give you a call. Okay, uh, I am a longtime listener of Passion. You are very helpful. Congratulations on your great work. I've been struggling with mild to severe anxiety all my adult life. I'm a 58-year-old woman. I was managing my anxiety relatively well, um, 
I have been on meds since the age of 21. They don't work as they used to, but then I started to have many challenges such as my physical health issues, a loved one in the hospital, and I'm still concerned about them, and now the coronavirus. I feel overwhelmed. I have many physical symptoms, such as heart racing, agitation, irritable, cannot concentrate, always tired. Almost always have all kinds of pains in my whole body. I cannot even cry. It is all pent up inside. I tried to talk to my entourage. They all say it is all in my head and stop being so weak and calm down. The worst thing to tell somebody, by the way. I am always worried. I also fear that I will need urgent medical care. Anything can happen, and I could be exposed to the coronavirus. I also fear that having this severe anxiety daily, I will die. My blood pressure is higher than normal. I feel pressure on the right side of my neck as if the arteries are going to bust. I also feel pressure in my head. This all started in uh, end of February 2020. My doctor is on maternity leave until next year. I don't know what to do. I cannot afford to see a psychologist and also at this time it is dangerous to leave the house. Please help me help myself. In the past I tried all kinds of meds and nothing worked. Therapy worked until about a month ago. Now, everything I learned, I have a very hard time applying. I don't want to die. Am I the only one reacting so strongly? I feel so alone. You are not alone. I just want to tell you, you are not alone. It's normal to be anxious and fearful, but in your case, it's amplified because you already suffer from anxiety. And so a lot of what's happening is you're, you're almost hyper-focusing on all your bodily sensations thinking, oh my goodness, what is that? What is that? What is that? And and as if it's something that you fear is going to kill you, you need to be able to, um, it's not just about calming down. Okay. Somebody who says, just calm down. It's in your head. No, the pains are real and everything you feel is real. Uh, and it, you have to understand though, that anxiety can take over and we need to work on and, and apply the tools that you learned previously in therapy to control that anxiety. Now I'm happy to send anybody who wants some reading material, uh, some things to help them, uh, with their anxiety and how to, um, change your thoughts and and this takes practice, but really changing the thought pattern so as not to catastrophize and think that it's, uh, it's the end of the world and, and what have you. It's not, it's a difficult time granted. Yes, these are challenging times, but there's no reason to think that you're going to die or that an anxiety doesn't kill. So you don't have to worry about that, but it is about getting control of that and remembering that, look, this is, there are things we cannot change in life, but how we respond to things that we have control of. So it's learning about that. If you are interested in speaking to me, uh, email me back because you didn't leave me your phone number and I will be happy to call you. So again, my email is laurie at drlaurie.com. Uh, one last email. I just want you to know how much you mean to me. That's very sweet. I am very recently single and have filed for divorce because my husband cheated on me for the second time. Uh, oh, I think I might've read that. Um, anyway, the passion community, I think we have become a great support system for each other. Uh, we are all concerned and a little scared what is happening, but somehow by 11 PM, I feel a bit 
better. I can honestly say if there's love for a virtual friend, I have it for you. That's so sweet. Thank you. Coming up, we'll talk about uh, how we're, people are grieving and, and how difficult it is to be alone in this time when uh, you lose a loved one and, uh, and other things that we may be grieving about as well with Corey Sirota. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Before I forget, I want to give out the phone number for the Canadian Mental Health Association. It has a crisis line. It's 1-866-277-3553. Their website is crisisservicescanada.ca. So if anybody is finding a need to talk or feels that they are in crisis and can't reach anybody, that is where uh, you can call. Now this week, sadly, last week and this week, during this whole, uh, the, this whole crisis up till now, I have two friends who have lost a parent. Uh, their parent has died. Um, and there's, they're alone. They are in isolation. They are unable to see friends, to friends who want to come and, and pay their condolences, to give them comfort. They are left pretty much uh, alone. And the stories in terms of even um, a parent dying in the hospital where, you know, not all family members can, uh, can come in. One person was away, so she wasn't able to go into the hospital, not even allowed to see her own husband who has lost her father because she's in isolation. It just, it it has created uh, a whole other, I don't even know how you grieve, just a different normal and how we're grieving now. I I don't know. I just can't imagine not being able to connect with people uh, in in such a time of need. Uh, Helping us here tonight is Corey Sirota. She is a psychotherapist specializing in grief and bereavement. She's the co-host of Life Unrehearsed on Sundays with uh, Matt Delvecchio. She is the author of Someone Died, Now What? Hi, Corey. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lori. Thanks for having me. Uh, So you've heard this this story, right? I've got Mm -hmm. two, two close friends who have lost a parent and no one to, like, who do you lean on? What do you do? What, what do we what do we do in this oh, situation? It's messy. It's messy. It's a now what, right? It's it's messy and it's complicated. It's confusing because you know. Let me start off with first. Thank you for doing what you're doing this week and every week, but on the show particularly because there's is a lot of anxiety, and because I specialize and focus in the area of grief, I'm particularly interested in how do we do this. This mm-hmm. is something that we know that it's very important when crisis occurs to have people around us and to have support yet here we are now in a situation where as you mentioned you the funerals they're not even listing them uh, they're all graveside and i know not only right. in montreal but in many cities around north america because i connect with different funeral directors they're having private services for safety and health reasons right just the immediate immediate i think family and and then again there's still restrictions right if yeah. a person yeah. has traveled or what have you but it means that yeah, there are no funerals and there are no, obviously, because there are no gatherings. I, I understand that. I just feel horrible for people who are looking to their family and friends for the support and all the family members who would come in, right, for, oh, for a absolutely. funeral. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. You're talking about on both ends, and it is, it, it is a double-edged sword. It's those that are grieving that could use the support of others to come and help the, the, connect as a community, regardless of religion, faith, mm-hmm. race, etc. And then those who want to offer condolences. And it's not even about what you say. It's just the physical proximity yeah, of a right. hug, a kiss, comforting someone that they can't do. It's exactly what we can't do, not because of social isolation. Yes, we're doing that. I call it physical distancing, yeah, which we have to distancing. do. Yeah, exactly. We have to do that. But like you said, when, I don't know, when I go into, uh, if I go to a wake or I go to a shiva, it's my physical presence. There's like no words, right? Mm-hmm, there are, mm-hmm. you, what can you say to someone who's grieving? You you can only say, I, I, I'm sorry for your loss, but what, it's like your it's your presence it's that 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 proximity that hug that a person feeling that love and I struggled a little Mm -hmm. bit in trying to convey that to both of my my friends I mean I you know obviously I they're close friends so I was able to speak with them and uh, and tech but it's through text like it's been texting my friends condolences I feel like so cheap doing that it feels empty and it feels not as personal, but right. this is the world right now that we're living in. Is The question is, what do we do and what can we do? Because I, I, I think it's so important that we look at that. We know what we can't, so what can we do? Well, for the grievers, for the, those that are mourning, the rituals are very important. Mm-hmm. So while, in, for in the example, in the Jewish religion, you're supposed to have a, a gathering of 10 men to do the prayers, well... You can't do that, but that doesn't mean you can't do the prayers. Okay. It doesn't mean you can't light the candle or whatever it is you, you would do in a group. Do it individually if you have to or just with immediate family mm-hmm. as part of helping you, your family, through that process. That's right. one thing I would suggest. Okay. Another thing I, I know that a lot of funeral homes do now is record services. So. Right. In the world of technology, let's record the service so that you can either remotely have people watch it or have it uh, on a tape or uh, record it so that you can send it to people, I would say, far and wide, but they can be close and wide as well, people in the community, so they can at least feel like they're part of it. Right. Yeah, I guess that's the hard part. But, you know, you're not – it's like as the person who's grieving, it wouldn't be my first thought, oh – let me FaceTime this, you know, or let me record this. I just wouldn't, uh, I don't know. I, I, it wouldn't but if we know, me. and the funeral homes do it, and most do it today. Uh, are they? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. They, and so that's amazing. I mean, I know that people that uh, live out of town can actually access through a website, for sure, for example, Paperman and Sons, and you can actually watch the service. Okay. So you can access it and watch So if it, it, it's something. To, right. uh, to think about and ask, and that's certainly from the grieving perspective. The right. other thing that is, uh, I know it's, again, it's not it's not being there directly, but guest books. On most funeral sites, mm-hmm. you can write in and send condolence notes right. and to express. A lot of people are doing it on Facebook as well, but I, I like that this one location, and I've met with many families that then can print out, mm-hmm. and they can have hundreds of condolences. Right. That's true. That's, that's always important also. That's a nice thing to do. People should remember that. Again, let's look at social media as whether it's, if so if it's not the guest book, 
there is, thankfully, FaceTime and Skypes and Zooms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Messengers where you can maybe, you know, you say the text is a little impersonal. Well, but FaceTime. Right. And part of it is, do we intrude? Do we do that? You know, it's there's a lot of questions because oftentimes when we're encountered with someone who has uh, lost a loved one, many of us are, we don't know what to do or what to say. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, and, and, and we don't want to impose and we don't want to bother. And so when there's a set time, it makes sense. In other words, when there's a set shiva or mm-hmm. a set wake, uh, then you can go and, and, you know, you've got that, that timing. Otherwise it's like, Ooh, I don't know. Do we, are they, you know, Fair enough. I love what you're saying because this is what I, 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 I hear a lot. Of, the sentiment is we're afraid we don't want inter- intrude, right? Right. But they won't answer. Right. That's <laughs> that's that's true too. We're speaking with Corey Sirota, psychotherapist specializing in grief and bereavement. She's also the co-host of Life Unrehearsed here on CJD on uh, on Sundays. Um, a couple of texters, one person just wrote in that their father had a stroke about an hour, an hour and a half ago, 89 years old, and the family is, can do nothing. Imagine nothing. So it's like, they can't go to the hospital. They can't like, that's my biggest fear also is with aging parents. I'm sure a lot of people listening are, are fearing the same thing. It's like if, if they end up in the hospital, can, you can't even be there, you know, you're, or even if it's a, your partner, whatever, like this, that's the scary part as well is you want to be there for, for your loved ones when they're scared. Imagine right. having a stroke or a heart attack or something and waking up and nobody's there of your family. Like that's heartbreaking also. I, 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 I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. The best we can do in those sort of circumstances is, is, to ask for good connections with the whoever is taking care of them to keep us informed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're There's living in very um, uncertain unusual. Yeah, and unusual, yes. Uncharted, yeah. uncharted territory here because we don't know and we're learning new uh, new ways. As this one texter wrote in, maybe family and friends can go outside their houses and see them outside the window Mm-hmm. and talk on, on the phone. Yeah. It's a little bit what we're doing in our neighborhood too, is everybody standing at their doors and kind of waving and talking and shouting ar- across the street, like, how you doing? You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's that kind of thing. Uh, another text, your friends have the condolences of the Passion Poet, and I'm sure the entire Passion community. Thank you. I will relay that to my friends who have lost, uh, lost loved ones this week during all of this. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, yeah, it's it's a new normal, you know, and if if we now we're looking at the the hard part, the other side the other side too and believe me in comparison means nothing, but people who are celebrating their birthdays alone too, right? Right. Right. <laughs> I did. My mine mine fell into and yours is coming mine up too. too. Mine's coming yeah. up too at the end of the week. So, Someone uh, said too, what do you want for your birthday? I said toilet paper. Yeah, right. <laughs> a toilet paper cake. I was, yeah. Somebody on Facebook made that. So listen, some of it is uh, we have to kind of keep it a little bit light if we mm-hmm. can. But in these situations of grief, it's really hard to, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just difficult all around. I don't, I don't even have any words for it. And I think that that's exactly it, Lori, is that there isn't a magical formula or a great thing to do. It's what do you need given the circumstances and let's try and make it happen uh, remotely, technologically, digitally, 
um, through cards and um, and 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 mm-hmm. just ways that we can make those connections, not uh, that keep everybody safe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mate, you want to hang out with us a little longer, and we can uh, together uh, tackle some people's anxieties, uh, just general anxieties, since. You're a psychotherapist, uh, also, so we can uh, we can do my that together. Pleasure. All right, wonderful. Uh, we've got a text that says, "Hello, Dr. Lori. My cousin is in the hospital for heart surgery, and not even her husband can be with her." So, could you imagine, like that, to me, being in the hospital? That's scary enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you can't even have family members there. Whoa, your concerns, write them in. Uh, Corey and I, Corey Sirota and I are here. We're here to help you. If there's anything we can do to help you with your anxieties and your fears or you just want to vent, uh, you can do that right here, right now at 514-800 or feel free to call us at 514-790-0800. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, You're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Um, Coping in these times when you have lost somebody, how scary is that when there's nobody around, right? I have two friends that lost uh, parents this week and uh, nobody can visit them. They are alone. They are grieving alone, and it is very sad. Joining me is Corey Sirota. She's a psychotherapist specializing in grief and bereavement. She's also the co-host of Life Unrehearsed on Sundays and the author of Someone Died, Now What? Uh, Corey, I want to share a couple of texts. Um, The passion poet uh, weighed in. He wrote, uh, the world has very much changed. In real sense, it has evolved. The earth itself is still the same. It continues to revolve. We sometimes find it hard to deal with grief and pain. Time has a way of healing, but the memories still remain. If you look deep inside yourself, search deep inside your mind, you will discover a beautiful person, sad memories left behind. This is in every single person. It's love going on and on. It was there in all your yesterdays. will be there with tomorrow's dawn. If things just seem too hard and help is mandatory, you need the help of a good friend. Then call on Dr. Lori is how he ends oh. it. But, <laughs> yes, very sweet. Isn't uh, that lovely? Yeah. You know, that, that, that poet uh, uh, raises a very good point. Um, because not only is it the people that are experiencing grief during this pandemic because something happened, mm-hmm. but what about the people that are already grieving? Right. And then this pandemic is a, a upon us and they're they've got this sort of almost a double whammy right that's going on and i was thinking also about those individuals and how they're managing because my you know i deal with this in my practice is people that are grieving and now on top of it they're dealing with this right. and i and i so i started to think about what is what is it like and how to help them frame it and trying to help them understand that they come from this at this um, pandemic with a very different perspective, for example. They're looking at it because they're already in a different headset than most. And so how do they, I think for them that there's a different kind of value to what's going on and appreciation and just, that's why I said perspective. And and also irritation. It's almost like looking at others who are complaining about staying home on their couches or complaining about silly things when they've just lost somebody. 
Yes, like it, yes. Puts, it puts everything in that perspective and then you get irritated when you see it all over the place that, you know, that these, these complaints, right? It's like, whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you think this is a crisis, this is not good, but uh, at, the, at the end of the day, they're not dealing with any, like serious uh, loss by suicide, law, death of a child. They, these, these individuals are, are in tremendous pain. So this is bad and I'm not going to minimize what's going on, but it pales in comparison to what they're dealing with right and then like you say it aggravates uh so it, it aggravates your grief but then i look at people who suffer from anxiety or depression and how this has added yet a whole other level to just to 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 spike that that anxiety i mean it, we're all anxious at the best yeah. of times in in these situations so imagine someone who already suffers from anxiety what all of this means. I have a few texts here. Um, I suffer from chronic immune and anxiety issues, which have worsened significantly in the past few months, not to mention simultaneously taking care of two sick pets around the clock. To worsen matters, I feel I'm coming down with a cold, despite having been socially isolated for weeks now and have warned my elderly mother to please keep away for both our sakes. Despite my numerous warnings and meticulous health recommendations to her, however, today, for the second time this week, she waltzed right into my apartment, thereby disrespecting my warnings and putting us both at risk, which further aggravated my anxiety, escalating into a panic. Nonetheless, she still insists, I'm overreacting. What can I do to get through to her Mm. for our protection? That's a really good question is how, you know, getting through to people who believe that we are making too much of this. Oh, it's nothing. It's just like any other cold. It's just like any other flu and it'll blow over. Don't overreact. So I think it's important that people respect our boundaries. Like in this case, Mm -hmm. I'd say put a damn lock on your door and, or, or change the locks or put an extra lock or whatever, not to let her in. If this is how she's disrespecting (laughs) you. I I couldn't agree more. I think that this is the thing. If you have anxiety, this is for sure going to exacerbate it even more. And what are the things that are within your control? What's within your control is whether or not you open the door to someone, yeah, exactly. whether or not you invite someone over, because there are going to be, much to my huge frustration, there are people that still don't take it seriously and are doing what they feel either they're invincible or they can do or it won't hit me or I'm fine, and right. it's putting all of us at risk. Right. And that's not frustrating, knowing. but right. I cannot control, just like this person cannot control as hard as it is their mother's behavior, but they can't control whether their mother comes over or whether they invite them into their their place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think it's important too when uh, framing it because trying to convince somebody that uh, they're wrong (laughs) oftentimes (laughs) doesn't work, but making it more personal and just, and saying, look, I I don't want to be at risk. I don't want to put you at risk. And uh, maybe taking it from that that angle as well. Also showing uh, some of the the information that's out there, the quality information, like from the World Health Organization, for example, or from the Canadian website, the government websites, so that they understand the gravity of the situation. But uh, but there's still going to be people out there who uh, 
who don't don't take it as seriously. I've heard plenty of stories. You know, I, a couple that came back from vacation and their kids were like, okay, I hope you're going to isolate. Oh, no, I don't have to isolate. Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's not about you. It's about everybody else. Right. And right. so they're not really thinking about everybody else. That's part of the... Uh, the problem. Um, Texter writes in, helped a good friend with medical aid in dying a little more than a week ago. We are all grieving alone. Yeah, it's uh, even for family members, you know, maybe holding um, a family conference on mm-hmm. like, um, I use one called, uh, what's the uh, house party or something like that. Right. I, I just there's downloaded an app now. Yeah. I mean, I've, you, I've been using all week. Zoom, all these Skype, kinds of FaceTime, things. yeah. Yeah, just to say, find a mechanism where you can stay connected because you need it. We yeah. need it. We are social beings. And when it comes to difficult times, well, good times for sure, great, but difficult times even more so. We need it. That's what funeral rituals are for. Right. They're not for the deceased. Right, that's right, exactly. They're for us uh, to help cope with this. Yeah. Um, Texter writes, in most of us suffering from cabin fever or other anxieties, I think you just made people realize that in comparison, it's not that bad. God bless everyone grieving with a loss. Another text writes in, I'm 28. They recently found a potentially cancerous tumor in my breast. I'm currently awaiting further testing. I'm so worried and stressed that this is not considered urgent and will be pushed back. And I I was thinking about that the other day also is like, what about every other, all of our other concerns? Like it's not just COVID-19. We, you know, there's other there are other things that we are worried about. There are people who need x-rays. There are people who need testing done. I don't know when all of this is happening. Like, I don't even have the answers to that. I wish I had the answers. Um, True. The, but, the, like, the world is going on and illnesses are still happening. Exactly. And other, again, I'm also not in the dark there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I imagine there's triage and they rate or code or however they do it. But, but you know, when you're talking about somebody suffering with the just the anxiety of not knowing what the hell I have, just the word cancer, and somebody mm-hmm. says, oh, this could be cancer, and then... And then sitting at home with it and, and not even going for any further tests, I would say uh, call your doctor and yeah. what they do. I, I know that uh, some people have had uh, consults by phone with doctors and when uh, it's when it's something urgent or, or there's testing to be done, I think they, they make they find a way to do it so that there's no exposure to other people and, and what have you. But it's everything's going to slow down in in all the other departments as well, I believe. So that's definitely something to address. Something to look, uh, investigate for sure. Um, another text writes, I feel more paranoid lately. I'm afraid to even check the mail because what if a neighbor coughed in the stairwell? I heard the droplets can stay in the air as aerosol for about 30 minutes. That's another concern. It's true. Just going in, in being in, in living in close quarters with other people, like in a building, for example, we don't know. I suggest go get your mail in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> right. Let that yeah. where, when people are not going, uh, to get their mail. So, uh, and you can also just the, practice the good hygiene. So if you're, it's not you, that you touch something, it's that you don't touch your face before you wash exactly, your hands. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't something. think there's a risk that the, the droplet is, 
in in the air at that point but uh, I think it falls to the ground pretty pretty fast it's it's more about touching and yeah. touching the mailboxes and what have you so put on your gloves don't touch your face uh, or uh, just wash your hands immediately after and I think it's just that we're all worried about this it's like what am I touching and mm-hmm. the grocery bag and the this and then that and it's like it's kind of never ending. Corey, we may call upon you again. So uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. And you say you have a support, like an online support well, group? Well, um, I do different support groups. And I, I, I had just gotten off the phone this tonight with a, a, a support group for women who've had perinatal loss, stillbirth, and miscarriage. Okay. So that's one. And But if, if people are interested, and Laura, you get that they can contact me, me or you, and mm-hmm. you get back to me, I will find them support services, whether it's the grief support groups that I do for families and children or any of the services. I want to make sure that everyone out there is getting the help and the support they need because we can do this and as a community together. and we need to do this together yeah. and I myself and, and some other colleagues are also offering free sessions for people who need it. So uh, email me and we will connect you. Corey, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks right. for calling. You can hear Corey on Life Unrehearsed on Sundays here on CJD. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJD 800. Hey, can we do some shout outs to companies and people who are really being community minded and doing some good? I would love to hear uh, to hear from you at 514-800. Mark writes, shout out to the delivery people for grocery stores, restaurants, and pharmacies, along with their teammates back at work and home. Truly some of our essential services. Yes, a big shout out and a big shout out to all those frontline workers. And there's a lot of people that takes a lot of people to run a hospital from not just the doctors and nurses, but you've got the, uh, the PABs you have, I mean, you've got a whole lot of people there who are going, um, to work. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, who else do you want to shout out to? Would love to hear, uh, your shout outs. I gave mine, my shout out was to, um, to my gym who is uh, keeping us on track and healthy. I was actually wondering that when I was away and thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to be two weeks in isolation. That means two weeks not going to the gym and working out and missing my, my boxing workouts. And, uh, and then I found out that they are doing uh, 360 punches, doing three classes a day, a day uh, online from their homes, but they are uh, doing some classes. So I haven't missed one yet. So I've, I've been exercising every day because that was a, a little bit scary <laughs> to, uh, well, scary, not in the scope when you're com- comparing what we were talking about earlier. It's nothing in comparison, clearly, uh, to people who are grieving losses. Uh, that's uh, f- uh, far worse. This is just, a, a, I would say, a little inconvenience, let's say. We, we're, we're all being inconvenienced. There's no question about it. But we also need to put things in Uh, perspective as well, right? We have to remember that. Um, Actually, this text writes in, actually, my mother is simultaneously my landlord and therefore possesses the key, oh, to my apartment, which she is legally entitled to have, but is unfortunately disrespectfully abusing of the fact, which is beyond my control. I say 
try and get a uh, one of those lo- chain locks. You're perfectly entitled to have a chain lock on your door. I don't care if your mother's the landlord or who the landlord is. You're entitled to your uh, your privacy. Absolutely. Uh, any shout outs, uh, to companies or people who are, uh, being community minded. We got so many texts and, and emails. I got a lot of emails from people who are helping out, uh, older folks who can't, you know, who are not able to go out or are very fearful about going out and just getting uh, people groceries and, and helping them. I think if you know someone who needs to get help set up on a on their phone, for example, teach them how to use FaceTime, their uh, ways to log in remotely to uh, an elderly person's computer, let's say if they have a computer and, and internet services and then showing them different things. Another text, I never give a kudos to any government, but I personally think they are doing a great job keeping us informed and doing everything possible. Um, I agree with you on that. I'm, I'm impressed with Legault, actually, very much so. I also want to give kudos to our station, CJD. I think that uh, they have been keeping us uh, completely informed and uh, have been completely on the ball with this so uh, and everybody who and they're working tirelessly I got to say my colleagues who are constantly fielding phone call after phone call and um, you know CJD is is people's friends right we're, we're in people's lives and in, in their daily lives and so there's a lot of people behind the scenes too who show up uh, to work and, and also being very careful I'm very fortunate I got to be set up from a remote studio uh, while in isolation so um but there are others who have to go into work nonetheless uh, dr Lori, thanks for the opportunity for me to thank my company walmart just gave their employees a two dollar an hour bonus throughout the crisis now oh, that's so nice hugs take care of you too you're a Montreal essential service. Thank you. Well, the media is an essential service because we keep you informed, right? Not that I'm doing much of uh, keeping anybody informed, but at least I want to be here for people for just for support if, if uh, whatever people need in that respect and try to bring people in who can also answer some uh, some questions and, and we can keep it light too. Like tomorrow night we are going to talk about ways people are dating in, in this uh, in this crisis time. But that doesn't mean you can't uh, text me anytime or email me with your concerns, your frustrations. You want to vent, you can do that here uh, as well, P- feel free to, to vent, tell me what's going on with you, what you're concerned about. And if there's anything I can do to help, I'm here. My colleagues are around. Uh, we'll make sure that you are not alone. Okay. Uh, text writes in my birthday is also on Sunday. Cannot spend it with my 16 family members. Well, happy birthday to you on Sunday. It's my birthday too. So we're both uh, Aries, a fellow Aries, and I have organized with my, uh, what I think we're 10 of us, 12, 14 of us actually, where I'm going to have a, a birthday party on House Party, which is an app that I just downloaded and got everybody else to download. So uh, I'll bake myself a cake and I uh, get to celebrate it with my families because there's nobody I'm seeing aside from my husband, who's always six feet away from me. Um, <laughs> and still in, I'm still in isolation and he's not, um, so that's the way to do it. It's just 
so be it, right? So be it. We will make do, but again, let's put it in perspective. So I don't get to have, you know, my people around me for my birthday. It's not the end of the world. Um, but we find new ways. And, and I think this is it. We, we kind of find a new, I don't want to say it's a new normal because there's going to be a different normal when all of this is over. And some of us are going to go back to being exactly what we were before. And others may take a whole other, um, a a whole other approach. Actually, we, I was talking about this with John Paul earlier where, Hey, maybe it's time to take stock. Like, are we leading crazy lives? Like we're, we're in this rat race. We've all been forced to slow down. Do we want to get back on that hamster wheel? I I don't think I want to (laughs) get back on there. I think I'm going to slow it down when I'm done, uh, when all this is, um, settles a little bit. So we'll see. There's ways of thinking about this, right? It's making us all think a little bit and think about what we can also do. I hope it makes you think about what you can do to, uh, to help others as well. And, and maybe this is making us far more community conscious and, uh, um, and, and far more, uh, benevolent, uh, text writes in Lori, when you're perpetually frustrated, anxious, and angry due to your best efforts, constantly being sabotaged, thereby draining, demoralizing, and exasperating you to the point of feeling helpless and overwhelmed, causing you to start talking to yourself. Could that be a sign of a nervous breakdown in progress? Not necessarily. I think in the situation where people around you are not following guidelines and people around you are frustrating the hell out of you um, because they are putting you at risk and causing anger and such that, uh, I don't think it's a nervous breakdown. I think it's quite valid to, to be, uh, feeling those things, but I think we need, you need to have better boundaries in this, uh, in this respect. And let's see what you can do that, uh, could, um, put those boundaries in place. So when people around us are not respecting us and, um, of course, that's going to lead to uh, frustration and uh, exasperation. There's, there's no question. But so think about what's in your power. Think about what's in your control, right? Um, and not always easy. It's not always easy to deal with unreasonable people, right? Um, but it's the best that, uh, that you can do. So try and, uh, and do this. If you need help with it, talk to somebody. You can, uh, I'm happy to speak to you as well. If you want to, if you want to send me an email, Lori at drlori.com, uh, I am speaking to people. Uh, so if you need a little boost, if you need a, a 15 minute little chat with me, then I am uh, giving my time to, uh, to people who need it while I'm, uh, sitting at home here. So please Lori at drlori.com and I'll be happy to, uh, to speak with you. Uh, kudos to social media influencers heeding the call by Premier Legault to get the stay-at-home message to young men who need to understand they are not invincible. That's why their car insurance rates are sky high until they hit 25. Well, you know that uh, 25 is the age where your brain is fully developed. So up to 25, you're still really a teenager, <laughs> believe it or not, and thinking maybe you have this invincibility 
thing going on. So yes, we need to do more. You're absolutely right. We need to do far more to get the message out. And if we can get young influencers to get the message out, so the, all the millennials uh, to post about it, then that will be uh, that will be helpful because it is it's fr- it's frustrating for all of us I think uh, just looking around and and seeing that people are still not following these important measures which puts all of us um, at risk. Tomorrow night we're going to talk about uh, dating in the age of COVID. Yes, some people still want to date, just not in the conventional way. We'll talk about that. Uh, tomorrow evening. I want to thank you all for your many, many uh, texts and all your your good wishes for my health and the health of the rest of the passion community. Everybody appreciates it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here for each and every one of you and for me as well. Um, we need each other in these times and uh, and let's do that. Let's be here for for one another. Thank you very much uh, also to Dustin Kagan, who has to go in uh, to work to push all the buttons. So he's uh, back in uh, master control in the studio. So thank you very much for, uh, you know, getting yourself there and, and keeping me on the air. Thank you. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito, uh, where you can catch the... Um, actually on Facebook and all the other things. But on my website, drlaurie.com, has all the podcasts as well from all the uh, past shows. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. Now tell me, do you-